All right, let's start today with some important and exciting follow-up. It is August, which means what, Mike? Real FM membership time. We have memberships. And the summer of fun is happening not on this show. This show's never fun. It's not fun today. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it might be. We'll find out. Uh, Yes, so we've got the Relay FM membership going on right now. Um, We have Relay FM memberships available, and there are are perks that you get throughout the year, but we only ever really talk about it in August and sometimes leading into September. Um, If you are a Relay FM member, memberships start at $5 a month. You get yourself a monthly membership newsletter and a Relay FM host crossover show, which is published every month this is only for relay fm members and you also get additional bonus content where a large selection of relay fm shows team up or do wonderful and weird things um to to thank our members for supporting us and we have a member special for analog which is going to be published on august the 21st um we were thinking about i wanted to do something different this year um, because I I did some stuff last year that was like kind of weird, and I, I'm leaning into that a little bit more because I think it's more fun to have something you would never normally hear us do. So I decided that me, considering me and Casey usually watch movies and then we talk about them, I thought wouldn't it be fun to do like a commentary track type thing where we watch something together and you could watch it with us and hear us talk about it whilst it's happening. So I was thinking about what we could do, and then we decided we would choose an episode of Firefly because that is uh, a thing from the show's past. So we uh, recorded a commentary track for the Firefly episode, The Train Job, which was the first released episode Mm -hmm. of uh, Firefly, but it's not like the official first episode, but we did a a kind of a commentary track of The Train Job. That is going to be out on August 21st. If you sign up to become a Relay FM member, you will get access to this and all of the previous years. There's like four years of content of special bonuses. Um, You know, one of the ones that I I work, well, the one that I work the hardest on is the Cortex Upgrade Crossover Text Adventure, um, which is already out by the time you're hearing this. It's called Danger Town Beatdown this year. Um, I just want to mention that as a thing because it took me like 25 hours to make. So uh, it's really freaking good, though. And so you can get all of those. So, yeah, you can sign up. There'll be a link in the show notes where you can just click. It says support analog and become a Relay FM member. Or you can go to relay.fm slash membership to learn more and support other shows as well as analog or instead of analog. But you should be supporting this show, I think. Indeed. I say that on all my shows, though. That's right. But you only mean it on this one. All the other ones, it's it's lies. I only mean it on this one. The other ones, it's all lies. All lies. <laughs> I have to say... Uh, it pains me to blow so much smoke up your keister, but the Cortex Upgrade crossover, if I had to choose only one podcast episode to listen to on repeat an entire year long, it would probably be that year's Cortex Thank Upgrade you. crossover. Because, oh man, it is so good. Not only is the absurdity of you and Gray bickering about what to do and when to do it and how to do it so good, but Snell as the Snellatron, mm-hmm. you know, computer is so good. And then that just icing on the top of the cake that just chef's kiss on top is all the sound effects and ambient music and whatnot. I don't even, I don't, do you even make any money after paying for all the sound effects and all the other stuff? I don't want to tell you how much money I spend on the licensed sound effects because I'm buying them all. I buy the music, I buy the sound effects. I th- basically, I don't think about it because if I thought about <laughs> it, then I might be less inclined to want to do it. 
Uh, we were talking before the show about going to Disney World, and I feel like Disney World is the same thing. Like, don't think about how much it costs. Just don't. Just don't. Just, just don't. do it. Just do, do it, it because man. you enjoy it, not yeah, because you're right. adding up money. So anyway, so uh, we try, all of us on Relay, but as, but Mike and I as well, we try not to uh, belabor the point about membership throughout the rest of the year. Because we are ad-supported, right? Like, And there's ads on this episode still, so like, we try not to, to really push it too much. And we talk about it now because we're giving you something extra so yeah, I feel like that if you know if you're interested now is the time we're trying to sell it to you right exactly so please uh, relay.fm slash membership if you use a good podcast client like overcast among others there'll probably be a little green link on your show notes page that you can that you can tap there's a link in everything though Right. It's, it's green and overcast, but the link is everywhere. It's the first link in the show notes. It says support analog of a Relay FM membership, and you can just tap that. Yep. There you go. And uh, thank you again to the people a year ago who came out of the woods and, and threw a few bucks our way uh, when mm-hmm. I decided to go independent. That was very kind of you. And uh, and that uptick has mostly stayed level, which was a big surprise. Yes. I'm very thankful for it. So. Mm-hmm. I was surprised about that, but happy for it. Yep. All right. So let's uh, turn the smile upside down. That's the way it goes, right? Uh, how's your back, man? So we spoke about it, right? Well, you and I have spoken about it. I don't think we've spoken about it on the show, though, because this happened this past Friday that you got your diagnosis, and we have not recorded since then. No, but like we spoke about the injury, though. Episode 161 is called More Unexpected Vacations. So we spoke about it then. So just as a refresh, uh, I hurt my back whilst on holiday, jumping off of a lifeguard chair into a pile of sand and landing poorly. Uh, and I've been dealing with some back pain um, since then, right? Um, and I've been seeing physiotherapists and stuff like that. And then at the request of many of my concerned loved ones and my physiotherapist, I went to an orthopedic doctor. Uh, mm-hmm. So th- this is like a, you know, like a specific doctor. I had one of those examinations where they make lots of puzzled sounds. <laughs> You know, it's like I've told good. him how it hurts and where it hurts. He's like, oh, okay, okay. So he's like pushing. It's like, hmm, hmm. Like when I'm, you know, it's like, does it hurt here? Does it hurt here? Because I was having a lot of pain in my lower back. But as is usual with some injuries, and especially with back injuries, the pain radiates. So like it wasn't, mm-hmm. everyone was like in my life was convinced that I'd broken my tailbone or something or like bruised my tailbone. I mean, clearly your bottom was the problem, right? We established this on Bonanza. Yes, uh, that was where I took the landing. But that wasn't the problem. Uh, so then the doctor was like, all right, there's something going on. You maybe have bruised a bone or something. We need to to check you out. We need to get x-rays or MRIs or something. So I had an MRI, uh, which was like a whole experience on its own. I'd never had an MRI before. Have you ever had an MRI? No, not to my recollection. I would, And I feel like that's something I would remember. But no, I have not. In case you don't know what it is, this is you've seen this on TV. This is the one where you lay down on like a bed and you go into a machine and it goes all the way around you, right? Like you know mm-hmm. what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. Yep, yep. Right, like just kind of like a big circular tunnel type thing. So I had the MRI, which is like a whole experience. Like they, you have to like lay down on the solid plastic, like I don't know, shelf. I don't even know what you'd call it. <laughs> <laughs> which is in itself like incredibly uncomfortable for me <laughs> with my back injury. Sure. Although they did put like this pillow under my legs or whatever, like this big foam thing. So that helps like elevating my legs. Then they gave me earplugs and headphones because these things are like insanely loud. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable how loud they are. Like, I, I think, I don't know. It's like the imaging system. Basically, it just sounds like someone's got a hammer and they're banging on the outside of the, of the like, 
the tube thing oh, cool. that you're in. So I was in the machine. They like pushed me in, and I was like moving through the whole time. You cannot like they were moving me in, right? They were moving me up and down through the the system so they could get the scans that they needed. It's like the the little like shelf thing that I'm on is moving. But I can't move, right? Like, I, you have to stay completely still. Oh, and no. the MRI was a 40-minute process oh, like, no. in the machine. Mm-mm. So I was terrified to move because I didn't want to be in there for any longer <laughs> than I had to be. But because of, like, I am a broad gentleman, right? And, like, <laughs> even though I have, I have lost a lot of weight, I'm happy about that. My, my frame is still quite broad, right? So when I'm laying on the on the shelf, there's like, as it's moving in, there's like a seam, like a, th- a thin plastic seam that goes down, which then attaches to the rest of the machine, right? Because if you imagine it needs to move, there has to be a small gap there, right? You, right. you get what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Like if the, if the shelf moves back and forward, it can't be completely flush with the machine. And my elbows were digging into the... Oh gap so like i'm laying there for like 15 minutes and it's like the pain is just increasing and my nose starts itching and all that kind of stuff uh i did get a claustrophobic moment uh towards the end but i was able to just take some nice deep breaths and and take care of that right like it's one of those things where i don't suffer from claustrophobia but if you're in a really enclosed space and you start thinking about being claustrophobic like thinking about like oh that would be really bad right now then it kind of starts to get into your head a little bit it was super weird because uh all i could do was look up and there's just this gray line above me right which is like painted on top of it Mm. and i couldn't i knew that i was moving sometimes but i couldn't quite get my hand on handle on like whether i was moving or not at any given time which was super disorientating because i had no frame of reference yeah, um, yeah. And then, so I had the headphones on, right? And I just figured that they were like sound isolation. This is no joke. Halfway through the MRI, I start hearing like choir music. It's like, oh, am I dead now? Oh, God. Right? Like, they oh, just no. started playing like this choir music, like halfway through. That's extremely uncomfortable. It was like, <laughs> I, I almost like burst out laughing about it because it was just like of all the music to play like I get why you'd play this type of music anyway like to calm someone but do it from the beginning or don't do it at all <laughs> don't like halfway through start making me think I've come to Jesus right Right. it's like it was a very very peculiar situation but anyway I had the MRI went back a couple of days ago and I have fractured a vertebrae in my lumbar spine by god man so your spine is kind of like uh, separated or broken up, if you would call it such a thing, into two pieces. is the thoracic spine and the lumbar spine. This is things that I'm learning. I'm probably getting some of these details wrong, but um, I, have, I have broken uh, or fractured, I should say, the top vertebrae, L1 of the lumbar spine. So if, if it's broken up into two pieces, I've, I've hit that top one. Um, I got to see the MRI, like the doctor showed me how it worked, and it was kind of interesting. Um, like all of your vertebrae show up like on the MRI and they're like dark gray, right? Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. they're like solid. And my one there's like, and and also all the fluid around your spine is like white. And on the one that I have damaged, like there's a streak of white going through the middle where it's like, that's where the fracture is. That's where liquid has gotten into. Like that's where I've been bleeding or like whatever. The report that I've got claims that I am temporarily shorter. Interesting. Which is like crazy to think of, right? Yeah, that is So weird. 
I was very impressed, like very surprised about that fact. So I am now ever so slightly shorter um, than I was before. That is a temporary thing. I think that like medically I am shorter, but you wouldn't be able to measure it. Do you know right, what I'm right, saying? Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. That like if there was a change in my spine, it's going to change, make make a minuscule change to my body. I don't know, but like yeah, that's that's that, and it is a 12 week recovery period. Oh. Good grief. So I'm, I don't know, I've got like, I'm about a third of the way through now, or such. Um, and kind of my only thing, the only thing that I can do is, and this is kind of, this sounds like the worst advice, but it's good advice, is to avoid pain. Oh, okay, good. I'll, I'll get right on that. I know that sounds so <laughs> bad, but where the way that the guy described it to me, I liked it. It's like, look, you said you'll see people all the time and they're walking down the street and they have boot, like a boot on their foot, right? Because they broke their foot. Mm-hmm. So stop walking on your foot. Stop <laughs> it. You are not allowing yourself to heal. Sure. So he's like, when you feel pain, stop doing what you're doing. Okay, that's right? fair. Like, you are trying your best to avoid pain right now. If you're avoiding pain, it means you're healing. Um, so if you feel moments of more intense pain, you have done something you should not be doing. So uh, I am getting on planes a lot over this eight week yeah, period good luck like I think I have maybe six to eight I know I think like eight plane journeys all of multiple hours most transatlantic oh, over this period of time um, I just need to hope that that won't be too bad lots of getting up I guess on the plane yeah yeah that's a good point well hopefully mm-hmm. you're flying you know not steerage we don't have to confirm or deny but hopefully you're flying something better than steerage so you'll have a little more space to stretch out and so on and so forth and perhaps if you're if you are flying steerage maybe now is the time to upgrade yeah Oy, that is that is stinky that i'm really sorry to hear that i wish there was something more they could do too i mean i understand it but at the same time like oh just just wait it out you'll be fine Aye. So it, it, will this eventually like reheal? I'm assuming is that the, the bone will refuse or do whatever magic it needs to do to get back together again? Like, is this Humpty Dumpty or what's going on? Here? I think that's how it works. I mean, like he's just like take vitamin D supplements to make sure that you're absorbing calcium properly uh, and get like, you know, and I've got I've got some tests. I've had some tests to make sure that my vitamin D levels are good enough. Uh, because, yeah, you see, like I like these like you can you can eat as much cheese and drink as much milk as you want. Um but you've got to have vitamin D to absorb the calcium. Didn't know that. Hmm. Um, so it's just kind of a, a waiting game. I mean, there is physiotherapy that I will be doing. Like, I'm not a crazy person. Uh, I So once I get back from the, our next trip, which by the time you've heard, heard this has already begun, uh, I'm going to be going back to my physiotherapist again. Because basically, like, one of the main reasons I did this is I had a few weeks of physiotherapy and my professional was saying, well, you're not getting better. So that means something bad has happened, right? Like you should be feeling better by now. Uh, So like that was one of the main reasons I did this because he said to me, well, look, you've probably bruised it or you fractured something and you need to know that for us to be able to continue. So I will be doing physiotherapy during the 12 week period that's the plan um but i need to get back from my trip first and and then that so i will say this is a terrible thing but um i've got a few there's like a few silver linings to it one i know now which is good uh, i kind of prefer to know things are happening 
And one of the other things is I am in a lot of pain, so I'm pleased that it is a serious injury. So my pain is justified, just <laughs> right? So it's not like, oh, you like slightly bruised uh, something, just ever so slightly, you should be fine. Um, you big baby, right? But like, so I'm in a lot of pain and I'm unable to do a lot of things. So I'm pleased that the injury is bad enough. Plus, it is super cool to say I broke my back, uh, which is what I'm, I know I'm taking some liberties there. Um, but even just saying I fractured my spine, that'll do. So it sounds cool. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, the story behind it is not as awesome. I need to just tweak it. All they need to do is just tweak the story. You already tweaked your back, man. <laughs> uh, that's, that's terrible. Hey, you should jokes. be ashamed of yourself. Dad jokes. Uh, no, it, it, you need to come up with like, I was diving off of a lifeguard tower to save a drowning child or no, something like that. No, but you like see, that. I've thought about that, but that means the child died. Fair point. Fair point. Okay. Right? I did not see I've this been all the way through. through. these scenarios. <laughs> there really isn't many heroic scenarios that are adapted from the actual or real injury. So I need to like come up with something completely well, different. No, no. no, here's the thing. You powered through the pain in order to save the child. Now it got even better. Yeah, I guess. But the, so really though, like it's given me a cooler story when you talk about bone breaking, like mm -hmm. the most I've done is like I broke this tiny bone in my thumb. It was like not interesting in any way. But now it's like, oh, yeah, I fractured my vertebrae in my spine. I win. <laughs> Take that. Oh, man. Well, as much as we're joking about it, and I'm glad you're in good spirits about it, that that must stink. And I cannot imagine how painful it is. And as I think we spoke about on the show, my dad has had back problems on and off. And I know that he is. And, and I, I, I was going to say he's a big baby. But honestly, if I had to deal with what he was dealing with, I would be a big baby, too. And so I am. I am impressed and surprised that you were handling this as well as you are. I don't think I would have. And uh, I hope your your 84 plane journeys that are in your future go go as easily as they possibly can. Mm, I hope so, shall we? You know what you need to do right now? You need to smile. Oh, look at you. Yeah, I'm, I'm a professional. If I need to smile, I think about my friends over at Smile, who are sponsoring this week's episode with Text Expander. You can unlock your productivity with Text Expander. You can easily insert snippets into any application from a library of content created by you and your team. Text Expander works wherever you type, so you can improve your productivity and accuracy no matter what apps or services or programs or whatever you're using. Text Expander for Teams is amazing. It keeps everything up to date for everyone, so you all save time and nobody shares outdated information. What I love about Text Expander is as my professional and working life is changing and I'm giving more things away to different people, I'm still able to ensure that there is a consistency in the messaging that we're giving outside of the company. And that's one of the big things that I use Text Expander for. So like when we're sending invoices, I don't send our invoices anymore. We have some wonderful help to do that. It can still look like it's coming from the same person it always came from because the text is going to be, it was written by me and it will maintain a level of consistency that's important to me. That's what I love about Text Expander and using it with my team here at Relay FM. Text Expander is available for Mac OS, Windows, iPhone, iPad, and Chrome. And show listeners, so if you listen to Analog, you get 20% off your first year. Just go to textexpander.com slash podcast. There's textexpander.com slash podcast right now and you can sign up. Our thanks to Text Expander from Smile for their support of this show and Relay FM. So we talked a bit about membership because it's Relay Anniversary Month, but it is more than just Relay Anniversary Birthday, whatever we call it, month. It is the fifth of those. Relay is turning five years old. Holy smokes, where did the time go? It was just yesterday that this show was brand new and just a moment later that you had broken a shoelace 
what's going on, man? How did this happen? Well, this episode is being released on, a, on the company's fifth anniversary. Perfect. Which is great. Which is really great. That's, you know, it's August 18th is our birthday as a company. So that is it. Five years. Congratulations. Uh, it's great. I'm very happy. Five years is a thing, right? Like I, I, we celebrate every year. Five years is is an interesting one because it's half of 10 and 10 is a double, is like a round number. I, I don't really know why as humans we latch on to these different things, but we do. And five years feels like a real thing, you know? Yeah, I agree. So in a couple of days time, we're going to be in San Francisco uh, doing the most ambitious live show we've ever done. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited for all of that. So that's going to be fantastic. Indeed. Uh, both you and I will be there. Uh, I think mm-hmm. tickets are probably sold out at this point. but uh, There is like 15 left So as we're recording right now. There you go. So. But we will be there. A lot of our co-hosts and friends will be there. It, it, should be, it should be really good. I'm really looking forward to it. But I thought we'd take a few minutes, given that this is the feeling show, take a few minutes and kind of... Uh, have a small retrospective slash interview of you, Mike, and mm. and see kind of what you think about all this. So um, I am not necessarily as skilled an interviewer as you are, but I'm going to do my best to channel my inner inquisitive. And let me start by asking you, Mike, what are you most proud of? Mm. I think this ties into something that I started to feel a while ago, and, I, and I, I've mentioned it before, kind of about like what Relay FM is to me. You know, like we started off as like, scrappy independent podcast network right and kind of like we're making it happen out of nothing Mm -hmm. but now we're a small business like i don't really think of us as like this little indie endeavor anymore i mean i've said that before but it doesn't feel like that to me anymore because we are an established sustainable growing business in kind of every sense right like we make more money every year than we made the previous year because things are growing and we're doing better at it. We're getting better at our jobs and we're hiring people and we have like things, right? Like it's just, we have opportunities. We do different things now than we used to. Like Real FM is a sustainable growing business and being able to do that is a pretty special thing for me, I think. That's what I'm. That's what I'm most proud of that we were able to do that. I think that makes perfect sense, and, and I think you both should be extremely proud. It is something. It, it it is, it is unimaginable to me to have anyone just look at anyone else and say, "Let's build a business and just will it into existence." And that's basically what you guys did. And yes, you had set yourselves up as well as you possibly could to do it, but that doesn't make it easy. It doesn't make it, you know, Mm-mm. any less scary. So I, I think you, I, both you and Stephen, should absolutely be proud of yourselves for that. Uh, what are you expecting for the next year? So I'm not looking further down the road, just in the next 12 months. Are you expecting anything? Are you hoping for anything? What, what do you think the next year brings? I don't really know what it means for the company because every year is different in unexpected ways. Um, so it's I found it always found it very difficult to think like that. Um, but we have stuff that we're doing through the rest of this year that if it works the way we want it to, will change the kind of the course of where things will go next year, up things that will happen. Not, not big stuff, but just like we're, we're trying out some stuff as towards the end of the year that if it works, we want to make a bigger effort next year for them. So it, it will change some stuff that way. But for me personally, I kind of, I hinted to this last episode as well. Like I want to be doing less overall uh, next year so I can, 
start to focus on some different things again because I, I feel like I've been purposefully like over the last year, maybe year and a half, did make, actually probably about two years nearly. Like I've tried to not bring too many new projects into my life mm-hmm. to like allow myself to be able to just focus on what I'm already doing and make sure that's the best it can be. Now I'm ready to like maybe try some new things again and focus in some different areas. So that's going to need me to kind of change a lot of what I'm doing. And I started doing that. Like this isn't all like, oh, I'm going to do like one show and that's it. This is a lot of behind the scenes stuff as well that, that I've been slowly letting go of. So that's what I want to do next year is to try and do less overall to allow me to try new things too. I think that makes sense. Um, and I forbid you from from firing me from the network. I'm just telling you that right now. The show no will one's going to fire you. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. The show will live on forever, Mike. Well, maybe someone will fire you. It depends. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how it depends on my performance review. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So now looking further down down the uh, road, what what about the four years after that? So we are we are through 2020. What about the next four years subsequent to that? Do you have any idea, any thoughts, any inklings, any desires of what those four years would bring to bring us to the 10-year anniversary? Oh, I don't know, man. Just keep it going. Yeah. I think that's fair. I, I think it's like, for me, if we are able to still be around for our 10-year anniversary, which I have no reason to believe we can't be because we got to five pretty easily. Like, it was... I, I think Stephen would agree with me that Whilst it has not been easy, it is we have done this easier than I think we would have expected. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. Like we have been able to build a business without sacrificing everything, you know? And and we've been able to make it sustainable and profitable from day one, right? Which is yeah. a very, very difficult thing to do in a lot of cases, but we were we were able to, you know, it's like a right place, right time, right people on the job, right, all that kind of stuff. You yeah. Know? Um so it, uh, if we're around in 10 years, which we want to be, uh, again, it's a case of like by that point, both me and Stephen, sh- what we do should be very different on a daily basis. You know, like we should at that point basically not be doing anything we don't want to do. Yeah, right? We should have people for that. And we've been transitioning that anyway. And that's kind of where I want to see it going. But like from a content perspective, like... I don't want to change from what we're doing now. I love the type of shows we make and I don't want to do anything different. I don't think that you necessarily should want change uh, for change's sake. And you don't, it doesn't sound Mm -hmm. like you do, but um, you know, it doesn't mean that you can't want to, for example, you know, siphon off the things you don't enjoy doing to other people, just like you said. So I don't think that's unreasonable at all. All right. Well, what are your looking back now over the past five years? What are some of your career achievements that you look back on over the last five years? So maybe they're trivial to me or to other people, but what do you look back on and say, you know what? I'm really proud of that. Other than the, what is, what was it? The UK top 100 or something like that? What was that? Yeah, that's like a little personal thing. Like uh, I've been on it a couple of times Mm -hmm. as being a tech individual in the UK, um, which is nice. Like, I never have won an award right. <laughs> of any kind. Still want that. Won an award. Uh, it's terrible, I know, but that's just who I am. One of the things that I am proudest of is helping to be able to uh, support so many creative people financially. Um, mm. Like that mm. we have built a system here like a, that can help people like you 
and many others either quit their day jobs, like it's like an assistance for it, not for, you know, for very few people it has been, oh, I can now because I have a podcast on Relay, I don't have to work anymore. But sure. it has been a support for a lot of people, right? That that like, oh, with this plus this plus the money that we make from our shows, I'm able to to leave my job. And being able to give people not just a place to pursue their creative endeavor, but to give them autonomy in their employment, like that has been an incredible thing for me as the person running this business that we've been able to help people. And even like the people that have, you know, like they've, they've gone on to do great things and they've maybe departed us, like being able to help these people get on the map and, and, and that kind of stuff is like, that's like a great achievement for me. Like I'm, I'm really pleased to see, uh, some of some of the individuals that we've had on Relay FM that have gone on to do things who even still have shows of us, but like we have kind of helped in their uh, push forward has been kind of kind of wonderful, really, to watch that that transition for a lot of people. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um, and also, kind of being able to hire people, you know, like our sales manager who started as my personal assistant, basically, who has now risen to. I mean, she does more sales than me these days. Like, it's kind of incredible to to have been in a position to help someone grow their skill set. Like, yeah, I have always wished that I could do that, and I never could do it before. But I feel like I've really been able to do it with her, and and that's that's been a wonderful thing to see. And it's like a truly fulfilling creative thing for me, like as a manager, which is super weird. But I mean, th- I, that makes perfect sense. I never had the opportunity to be a like uh, a supervisor or whatever in any of my regular jobby jobs. And that's something I kind of regret. I don't know if I would have been good at it. And I think we've talked about this. You Most and Most people are not. And, and I wasn't really good at it before. And I don't know if I am, but still, but um, it's worked very well so far and continues to, we just have a good working relationship and, and it works well for us. So yeah, that's really awesome. Uh, how, so th- th- this kind of, to some degree been covered in the last couple of questions, but how has your relationship with Relay or your job changed over the years? And and how do you see that progressing? I mean, you've already talked about you're, you're hoping to kind of not back off that has a negative connotation, but, you know, have the, the well-oiled machine run itself a little bit better. You know, what what has changed since day one and, and what do you see changing in the future? Right, so like if we back, I mean, as you say, I feel like we've answered the business stuff, but I think that there's there is like another side to it, right? So there was an open letter that we wrote that we published a week before um, that kind of announced Relay FM as a thing, right? We yeah. were kind of like, hey, we've been gone for a while. This is what we're doing, um, and this is funnily enough, like this has been a thing that me and Stephen were really frustrated about that we'd lost it. So we published this on the Relay FM website. It was just like a splash page, basically, that sat on top of the actual web page. It was hacky as hell. It was amazing. <laughs> like the entire site was there, but this thing was just on top of it. And in a reason that not neither me or Stephen could ever understand, neither of us had a screenshot of it. Like That's bananas. Which is wild because we have the of everything else, but not this. And we we didn't even have the text. We couldn't find it. That is bananas. And then we were talking about it again uh, a couple of days ago, and Stephen was like, oh, I bet it's in a GitHub commit. 
And it was. <laughs> so he's found it and republished it. And so, you know, it was really nice to see it. But one of the striking things about this, uh, the five shows that we launched on is I was on all of them, right? And at the time, right, like I was the only person who had multiple shows, right? It was all me. You know, it was Analog, which was the, um, the first new show. It was Connected, Inquisitive, which was my own interview show, and the Pen Addict and Virtual. Virtual was the show that me and Federico did about video games, which became Remaster. When Relay FM launched, it was like very focused around me, right? right? As like a person and as, mm -hmm. a, as a, you know, as a figure. And I think that that's changed a lot, like a lot. I, I don't think people <laughs> think of it anymore. Um, I think people know that I run, you know, I mean, Stephen run the company. Like, that's another big thing as well. I think that's changed. It's like people much more frequently see it as the two of us. And that was something that was difficult at first. Because I was on every show, people just always thought about me, which I hated, right? But like, but anyway. But uh, as time has gone on, I don't think people think of Relay FM as like the Mike Hurley outlet anymore. <laughs> and right, like I just yeah, I yeah. think that we have enough people now, and as well, like enough people that also have multiple shows that it's balanced a lot differently. And I'm very happy for that because it was always quite uncomfortable for me, really. Um, so that's been like a, I think that's been one of the big changes that the company's gone through over the last few years is kind of just like the balancing out, the bringing in of new people, like new faces, old faces, and really like kind of establishing as a selection of content, as opposed to just, this is the place where Mike has all of the shows that he does. Right. At the time Relay was new, did you recognize and think of it as like the Mike Hurley outlet? Or was that not until it launched that you kind of looked back and were like, wait a second? I mean, we knew. I mean, we knew I was on every show. Sure. But that doesn't, I mean, I, well, I mean, I, it was always my outlet for my stuff. Right. And it, we were immediately aware of it because when it launched, people were just referencing me. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, like, that, that was like a real concerted effort that I made over a long period of time to make sure that people knew that it wasn't just me because it isn't. And, and, you know, so that, that took a while, but I think, I think we're there with it now. Oh yeah. I think so. I don't, I don't think it's, it, it's funny because it, I, I was so involved with it all that it's hard for me to really see the forest mm -hmm. for the trees, but I, I feel like even I could tell it seemed more like, Steven was the behind the scenes guy and you were in, in front of the camera, so to speak. Obviously it's an audio medium. That was definitely like, I think the way that we begun. Yeah. And now I don't feel that way at all. No, I it's completely changed now. Mm -hmm. Like we both are kind of pretty equal on that. I think at this point, right. We like the amount of stuff that we're doing in front and behind. Mm -hmm. And like, that's been like a massive change for us. Part of the reason, right. Was that like, I was doing more shows before and then I quit my job sooner, like a yeah, lot sooner. Yeah, yeah. Stephen was like, I think like a year, maybe two years into it. So I had the time to do all the stuff and he had less time. Yeah, I think that makes sense. What are some of your favorite moments? Again, it may or may not be anything that meant anything to anyone else, but what are some of the favorite moments for you? All the live show stuff is great, right? Because it's like... It's a man. It's like a, an actual. It's proof of the people, yeah. Which is you know like numbers don't really mean anything after a while. But like when you see people in a room and they're enjoying it and, and like that's kind of an incredible thing. And 
over the last couple of years, we've really ramped that up, right? Like that's like something that Stephen took on and made that more of a thing that we do. And we d- we've done like a mini tour, and we want to do more of that in the future. But our shows are getting bigger and more ambitious, and so that's always like a really, you know, that's like a fantastic thing. It's a thing that other people can understand, right? Like we can say, oh, you know, we're doing a live show and we have this many hundreds of people, and but you know, like it's like wow, like people can get it, and so that's always like a favorite thing for me. Um, my favorite day was probably when like we announced Cortex and Reconcilable Differences um, in, on one day. We did them on this, at the same time, which I don't know if I people would necessarily remember. Um, but we did those on the same day, and that was kind of a... I mean, that felt like a really good day, right? Where we were able to be like here are these three really famous podcasters that you've heard of before that have very successful careers. Uh, they all have shows of us now, right? Like, and it Ooh. was, you know, that was being able, like that was like pure luck that those two shows were getting ready at the same, around the same time. And we, you know, everybody was like happy that we would do it at the same time. And I think that it led to both uh, shows getting like more focused that way. But yeah, that was like a, that was really cool. Yeah, I can that imagine. That was a very cool day. I mean, I felt cool just being associated with it, much less having actually, you know, like done it. So mm-hmm. I, I, t- I can totally imagine. All right. Uh, and then also a Relayer Feels has snuck into this section, but that's fine. Uh, Ryan has asked, has Relay hitting five years changed the way you approach managing the company? Do you or did you have fears about its longevity that have now lessened? And that's a really great question. So the first part, Yes. Right, we managed the company very differently. Uh, did I have fears about its longevity? Yes, because we were starting a business. But now I don't. I don't. Right, like so. One of my biggest changes over the last few years is I do not get scared of all of these podcast apocalypses that keep happening. Mm-hmm. Right, because I've been doing this for nearly ten years now. I have lost track of the amount of times that I've heard that the podcast industry is about to crumble because of this or that. Right. It's just not okay. It's just not the case. And I'm not concerned about longevity anymore. I kind of mentioned this already, but like we made it to five years. Like we've done that now. And there is absolutely no sign of anything going wrong. So you never know what's going to happen. Like truly never know what's going to happen. But my day to day fear of the company crumbling doesn't exist anymore like it just doesn't and i'm very pleased about that because i I prefer to live that way (laughs) i can imagine that no i i think kind of in summary you know looking at it from my perspective it seemed inevitable that you guys you and steven would start your own thing and it seemed like it was probably going to be successful but when it all started I think all of us, I don't know if worried is the right word, but you know, we were concerned, you know, what is this going to mean? Is, yeah. You know, yeah. What, what is this going to mean for them? What is this going to mean for, for me, you know, as someone who was bringing a show to the, to the network? I mean, again, I wasn't worried, but you know, you're, you're cautiously optimistic. And I don't think if you had told the Casey of 2014, that this is how your life would end up, how my life would end up. I mean, I think, I would have guessed that, yeah, there's a 50-50 shot that Mike or Steven or maybe even both of them would quit their jobs and just do Relay full-time. But 
Uh, I don't know. That's getting a bit aggressive, don't you think? I, I, I don't know if it it's is. definitely going to happen. And as it turns out, it did happen. And and so I think, from my perspective, it has been an unbelievably cool thing to watch two people that I care so deeply about do something so incredibly successful and do it by just doing the right thing. You know, Marco has talked about this a lot, and so I'm kind of parroting some of the things that he has said. But I agree with him 100 percent that that you guys. As far as I've ever seen with anyone you've ever dealt with, not just me, but with everyone, you've tried to do right by everyone and tried to do right by the business and tried to do right by your hosts and just tried to do the right damn thing. And unfortunately, in today's world, that is extraordinarily rare to find. And and that makes what you guys have built so incredibly special is that it's people who genuinely like each other and genuinely like being around each other and genuinely like producing content for each other and for the people that listen to our shows. And, you know, as an example of this, I I listened to maybe a half of an episode of the pen addict, if I recall correctly. And I was, you know, casually aware of Brad and we had probably spoken via Twitter with the relay slack or whatever, a couple of times. Uh, and then at your wedding, he and his wife are like the nicest people ever. Who knew, right? And of course, of course they are, because that's everyone at Relay is like the nicest people ever. And and I think for you guys to have built that from nothing is an unbelievable testament, not only to your dedication and your skill, but also to who you two are as people that I think you draw to you like-minded individuals. And, and I think that having all of these unbelievable individuals on this network is a testament to you and, and that so many have stayed with you guys over as many as five years. I think that's a testament to the both of you. And I think you, you should, you two should be damn proud Thank of you. what you've done. And even if it folds tomorrow, God help us all. I, I still think you should consider it an unbelievable achievement that you should be proud of. Thank you very much. I mean, I definitely am for all of those reasons, right. That you mentioned where it's like, We've never had something go bad. And it will. Something will one day. I mean, it's inevitable, but I've been really pleased about that, right? That the people that have left or the shows that have ended, it's been like a very mutual thing that everyone's understood. And, you know, so like I'm really happy with how it's gone. I mean, I don't know. There might be like 12 different hosts right now plotting to like start a coup. Who knows? But... (laughs) It's been good so far. Yeah. No, I, I think, again, you guys are both, you are lucky. I'm not trying to say, you know, you're not lucky, but you've also done, you've done the right thing for, for such a long time. Fortunate. And I think yeah, fortunate. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good word for it. I prefer fortunate. Did I ever, have, have I told you this before? I, I prefer, don't... I prefer the word fortunate to lucky because lucky presumes that you had nothing to do with it. Sure. But fortunate, in my opinion, is like you did a thing and it, paid off for you because of some circumstances that you probably you definitely couldn't control all of sure so i prefer for for me just like from a language perspective fortunate feels better because it's like yes it, it was good fortune right like i did some stuff and some stuff happened that i couldn't control and then the mix of all of that worked out well where i feel like luck is very much just like oopsie daisies now i'm a success <laughs> yeah no i think that's fair and and to summarize i think mike you are so fortunate and i think steven as well and and mm. and me as well for being part of this this ridiculous ride that we're all on and so i uh, thank you uh, most importantly to kind of put a period on the end of the sentence thank you so much the listeners for uh, being yes. there for five years because without you listeners 
we might still do some of these shows, but it would certainly be a very different experience. So it would be very different. Half of my career, as it stands right now, uh, I I was not getting paid enough money where it could support me. Right. So I will have always done this anyway, but now it's very different. Yeah. So. Nope, that's extremely cool, and you guys are very lucky. And congratulations on five years, Mike. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Uh, Today's episode is brought to you by ISL Online, a reliable and simple-to-use remote desktop software solution. With ISL Online, you can remotely access and manage the devices to provide on-demand IT support, and it's super easy to use as well. If you work in any kind of support environment, you know how tricky it can be helping a client with a problem. It can take ages to navigate someone through a problem on the phone, especially if you can't see what the looking at or even worse trying to do it over email which is like a thing that some people have to deal with feels like horror but you can save yourself all the time and hassle of frustrating phone calls and endlessly emailed screenshots because of isl online you can access any windows linux or Mac's remote computer in less than three seconds so you can help your clients the moment that they need you and you can even access any remote computer using a device like an iphone ipad or an android device phone or tablet as well you can set up permanent remote access if that's something that's needed just install a remote access agent on any windows or mac computer and for your clients piece of mind iso online is fully compliant with very strict security industry standards they have all tons of information about this on their website take the hassle out of it support and get a fully featured trial by going to islonline.com slash analog right now that is islonline islonline.com slash analog a thanks to isl online for their support of analog and all of relay fm all right some relay your feels if you don't mind wonderful I would love it. Let's do it. All right. Rob asks, how do you see your reduction in Twitter use changing engagement with your audiences? As Relay grew, you communicated frequently, but I suspect that it uh, that it's going away as life changes and becomes more uh, and time comes becomes more valuable to you. That is a really good question. This is the one thing that won't change. Like, I don't not read my mentions. It's actually the thing that I do the most now. Like most of the time when I'm opening Twitter, it's to check what people are talking to me about and I can answer questions and engage with people that way. Like that is my primary Twitter usage now is that. Yeah. So from my perspective, like I don't want to change it. Like it is not possible anymore for me to be able to reply to everything, but I can interact in some way with pretty much every single tweet. Like I used to love it when I could reply to everything, but it's sometimes it's not possible now, especially like at particularly high traffic times, but I can be there and responding to people and answering stuff and faving stuff and all that. And and I don't want any of that to change because it's very, very important to me. This is like the, probably the main reason why I have not left Twitter, right? That like that has not been a thing that I've wanted to do. I've tried that in the past, right? We, we spoke about it years ago on mm-hmm. this very show. Um, and, and I ultimately decided that I didn't want to let that go and I still don't want to let it go. And... So yeah, so that's that's kind of where I am with it, right? Like I'm this is not a thing that will occur. Like I am still very focused on being able to be available to people uh through through Twitter. Yeah, I feel exactly the same way and and I still have a dramatically reduced amount of Twitter usage over the last couple of weeks and and it feels pretty good and I think I'm going to stick with it. And the funny thing about it is the less I use Twitter, the more out of the loop I feel about things and I just kind of have to embrace that. You know what I mean? What like things? What, like, I, um, 
I'm trying to think of an example. Well, certainly like trending stuff. Like it took me forever to figure out the 30 to 50 feral hogs thing. And that's less important. Uh, like, right. But, but the 30 to 50 feral hogs thing was almost impossible to understand even if you were there. Uh, that's probably true too. But uh, I feel like there's some, and I can't th- put my finger on a specific example, but there are sometimes I'll come into a conversation after ha- having missed Twitter for a day or hours or whatever. And right, I'll just be like, right. what is everyone talking about? Like uh, there's, I, again, it's not a specific, specific example, but somebody was like, oh, I can't believe Apple has hasn't gotten dinged for that thing or something like that. And I was like, wait, what? What? What is the kerfuffle that we're all angry about That's right, right you now? you got a pair of RSS. Yeah, and I actually, you're right. And I think I do need to, I've been thinking about that a lot lately, actually, that I need to kind of reincarnate RSS because I've yeah, mostly put it, put it aside and I think I need to bring it back. But anyways. That's the big change for me. Yeah, and, but I agree with everything you were saying about keeping up with the audience that one of the most amazing things about Twitter, both from the perspective of a a micro famous person and as, and from the perspective of a nobody, because I feel like I am in both of those worlds. One of the best things about Twitter is the access, right? Like somebody who I don't know can tweet at me and ask me a question that, that, you know, may help them or in, or entertain them or whatever. And similarly, I could ask a question of a celebrity, like an actual celebrity, um, Mm -hmm. and, and maybe even get a response from them. And that's happened to me from time to time. Like, you know, I've, Mm -hmm. I've tweeted at people on TV or on, in movies and I've gotten a very, very short, but, but nice and useful reply. And that's, that makes you feel like a million bucks. And so uh, that's the part of Twitter that I, that I like the most. And just like you said, I don't want to lose out on, and that's what I plan on not losing out on. Yep. Uh, Mark asks, if you had to reduce your email signature to a single emoji, what emoji would it be? A single is tough for me. What do you, do you have uh, an answer? It's easy. Nerd emoji. Uh, yeah. Not top hat for you. I know you do like the top hat. No, no, nerd emoji for me. That's fair. Uh, if I had to choose just one, I think I would choose sunglasses guy because I don't know if everyone else looks at the sunglasses guy the same way I do, but I look at it as they like, hey, hey man, we're cool. You know, it's all good. Uh, or alternatively, like the clinking beers, similar, similar purpose, you know, hey, all's good. Uh, the, which is funny because mm-hmm. I actually don't particularly care for beer, but the, the spirit of it, I, I quite like. Uh, if I could do two, which is not the question, but if I was allowed to, I would probably do sunglasses guy with a thumbs up or perhaps sunglasses guy with a martini. Would you change your answer if you had to? Uh, yeah, it would be nerd guy on a microphone. <laughs> that's very good. Oh, I actually, for a while, good. owned that URL. Yeah. Do you know you can have emoji URLs? Like, it's very specific to the way that you have to register them. But I owned like nerdguymicrophone.ws, I think was mm-hmm. the URL, like the way that it worked. Yeah, yeah. And that went to mikewasright.com. Mikewasright.com, yeah. But the, mm-hmm. the way that you have to register those domains is like super awkward and difficult. And I, I ended up just letting it go after a year. Oh, that's too bad. That is very good, though. That is very, very good. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Uh, and I have a question from Brent. Mm-hmm. Casey, you often say don't be creepy after referencing an area that's close to where you live. I'm curious if you have ever ran into a situation where someone was creeping. You got this from Merlin. I absolutely did. I was just about to say, I yeah. stole this from Merlin. Merlin says don't be creepy. Yep. That's his thing. I take it, I think, in the spirit in which Merlin means it, which is, you know, hey, I'm, I'm divulging a little bit about where I live. Please don't like go out of your way to like stalk me and figure things like that's that's weird. As, you know? uh, to reference another Merlin thing, Gary the privacy <laughs> clown. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, hey, if I tell you I'm at a park that happens to be near my house, that is not an invitation for you to drop everything and come to that park, you know, which is not something I typically do anyway, but you know what I mean. So there was a time when on Cortex I was uh I don't know if I should tell the story. 
we can always cut it if you feel bad about it afterwards. Yeah, where I was, I had like a big laundry bill, right? Do you remember that? Yes, yes, yes. And I didn't want to say how much the laundry cost, but I posted a picture of the laundry in the show notes and someone worked out the hotel that I was in based on the carpet. Yes. I see. I think that's, that is both creepy, but very cool. I can genuinely appreciate what you have done here. I think that that is incredible detective work. I'm pleased that you waited to post this answer until you knew I'd left the hotel, I hope. But it's still like, <laughs> I can't help but be creeped out by it at the same time. Yeah, I have thought a lot about, I kind of want to try this, but I don't want to see the results. Like, I want to be at like a random park near my house or something and Don't just take a picture. It. No, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. But I want to like take a picture and just challenge the internet. To tell me where I am. But I don't want to know because I bet you they'll no, figure it out. So and that'll easy freak now, me out. Like reverse image searching. Like yeah, I know, it's, exactly. It's too it's easy. I, anyway, but to actually answer your question. So yeah, the Don't Be Creepy is a tongue-in-cheek, uh, blatantly stolen from Merlin, as you said. A tongue-in-cheek way of saying, hey, look, you know, I'm sharing something that it could be used kind of against me in a way. And, and just please be cool, everyone. Just be cool. But uh, to answer the question, has anyone ever been creepy? The, I actually do not classify this as creepy, but this is the like ultimate example of something that just completely blew my socks off. So my parents used to live in Western Connecticut and uh, we would go to there from Richmond. Uh, I'm on several different highways, but particularly the New Jersey Turnpike. And for those of you who don't live in the Northeast, the Jersey Turnpike is an adventure, but uh, it's one of those roads where it's um, told by mileage. So if you drive a couple of miles, maybe you pay a couple of bucks. If you drive the length of New Jersey on the Jersey Turnpike, it's like 10 or 20 or 30 bucks or something like that. And I don't know if this, I haven't been on the Turnpike in years. I presume this is still the case, but because of that, because it's told by mileage, that makes it a real pain to get off the interstate in order or the Turnpike, strictly speaking, to, to go and like get gas or food or something like that. So what they've done is every five to 10 miles, they've set up like a completely self-encompassed gas station food stop combination, which in and of itself is not unusual, but they do this where you do not have to like exit the turnpike it's like within it's in the middle between the two travel lanes and so you don't have to go through the toll twice does that make sense you don't have to like so pay the weird. toll yeah it is weird it, when, and they also refuse to let you pump your own gas in jersey very weird very very weird but anyway so you you don't actually leave the turnpike strictly speaking to go to this plaza and then you don't have to really re-enter it strictly speaking to get back on the turnpike it's all within the confines of the turnpike well with that said Aaron and I were traveling, I think this was after Declan was born, Aaron and I were traveling to or from, might have been the Overcast, no, no, Overcast party was before, it doesn't matter, we were traveling somewhere on the Jersey Turnpike, and all of a sudden somebody came up to me and said, excuse me, are you Casey? I said, well, yeah, actually, nice to meet you, and I don't remember this individual's name, but he was very, very nice, very nice, and kind of embarrassed to even be asking the question. And it turns out what had happened was he had gotten off the Turnpike on his own journey, and he was looking to see if the little uh, rest stop had any Wi-Fi. And at the time, I was tethering my phone to use my iPad mini off of it for something or other, and I'd left tethering on. And so he goes to look at his Wi-Fi uh, you know, SSID list, you know, the, the Wi-Fi network list, and he sees Casey Liss's iPhone. <laughs> and so he's like, holy crap! And I guess when looking around... Yeah, okay, that's not creepy, because they did, they weren't like, tr like stalking exactly, you. Exactly, exactly. But it... I, I can imagine in the same situation that I would be like, right, well, now I know he's here. 
Right, exactly. And so I, I give I give this individual a pass, not only because it was clearly opportunistic, but he was extremely, extremely nice. And, you know, just said hi, you know, we exchanged, you know, a couple of words and then was very respectful about like, you'll go back to your meal, do your thing. I just wanted to say hi. And so in every way, this I, this is actually not creepy because creepy has the negative connotation, but it, it strikes me as like the the ultimate example of how how did this ever come to be? How is my life like this? That somebody would happen to see my name in the in the Wi-Fi list and then come up and say hi. And I actually Well, I'll ask you now. Did you change the name of your phone so this wouldn't happen again? No, did actually. No, I didn't. But right. and, and that and again, like I, I cannot Don't stress you enough. Blast yeah, no, it's fine. I cannot stress enough. Like I have no ill will towards the individual. I, I if, if you're listening to this, I am not upset. It was just such a funny experience in the best possible way. And again, that was because, like you said, Mike, you know, it was oh, it just so happens I'm standing here. It just so happens apparently Casey is here too. Like roles reversed, I probably would have done the same thing. So <laughs> it was hilarious. And it's one of my favorite stories. One of my favorite, like my life is weird stories, you know? Has that ever happened to you? Anything? Like obviously not that exact situation, but anything like that? No, not to that level. I mean, I have been recognized in places that I wasn't expecting. It's kind of just like the, the maximum that's gone to me. There hasn't been like a situation which has had a weird twist to it like yours. Yeah, I, it was just very funny. The other one, the other good one was when we were in London and we were at the Lego store. Is that over by Covent Garden? Is that right? I'm, mm. I might be wrong. About I mean, that. there are a lot of Lego stores. If you mean the big one, it's Leicester Square, but maybe that's what it was. I don't recall exactly where it was, but I was walking in or out of the the building, and somebody was like, "Oh, Casey." Oh, how's it going? Oh, you must be here for Mike's wedding, huh? which of course, like any other context, I'd be like, wow, weirdo. But of course, like everyone suddenly descended upon London. So it made perfect yeah. sense. It was very funny. Uh, that was an extremely short interchange, but that also was, that made me laugh. Like uh, I'm in London. Why would anyone know who I am in London of all places? It doesn't, doesn't really happen to me. I very rarely get noticed in London. Yeah, well, it turns out. I uh, guess you got to go out first, right? Yeah, right. You got to go out of the home. You Once you go out of the house. home. Then you can probably get noticed more. If you don't leave the house, you're not going to get noticed. It turns out. Who knew? Oh, my God. All right. Let me take a break and we'll do some more really Phil's questions yes, before we please. finish today. This episode is brought to you by our brilliant friends over at Pingdom. Pingdom are brilliant because they help keep your website and the sites that you love online. They monitor your site so you don't have to, giving you real time feedback so you will know exactly what's going on at all times. The internet is an amazing thing, but stuff breaks every single day. Pingdom detects around 13 million outages a month, which is more than 400,000 every single day. It doesn't matter if you're a startup or a Fortune 500 company, you need alerts about any critical website issues. Pingdom will let you customize exactly how you're alerted depending on the severity of an outage. And they will track and analyze your website's load time as well so you can see exactly what's affecting the user experience that your customers are having or your visitors are having. If you have a website of any size, you need Pingdom. We use it at Relay FM. We're big fans here. Pingdom have a no-fuss approach to help you get started. All they need is the URL that you want to monitor, and they take care of everything else. And you can get a 14-day free trial to see how Pingdom will work for you just by going to pingdom.com slash RelayFM. There's no credit card required to sign up. Then, when you do get a plan, use the code ANALOG at checkout, you'll get a huge 30% off your first invoice. That's pingdom.com slash RelayFM and the code ANALOG. Our thanks to Pingdom for their continued support of this show and all of RelayFM. You probably want to ask this next one. I certainly do. This next <laughs> question comes from Joe. Joe says, how did you go about preparing Declan Casey for the arrival of his sibling? Did you read books? Did you talk to him slowly about it? Like, how did you do this? I am assuming Joe is in this situation. <laughs> 
right? Like, why else would you care, I think, unless you're about to have your second kid? No offense, but you know what I mean. Like, no, why no. would you ask this question unless you needed it? Like, I don't think this is necessarily someone's just sitting there and they're like, <laughs> huh, I wonder. Yeah. Right? Who knew? So, uh, no, that, it is a fair question. Um, for us, it's very funny this is brought up because literally yesterday, I was going through pictures for various un- un- uninteresting reasons and stumbled upon a video I took of us telling him that Aaron was pregnant. Uh, I had the wherewithal to set up a camera and take video of it. Unfortunately, it's out of focus for half of it because I was using like my big camera and I was so nervous and I didn't really like lock it in the way oh, I should you have. Used the great camera, huh? Mm, Funny, yeah. you, you should have just used the camera you had I with know. you. You're exactly right. Your iPhone would have got the got the focus right. You're right. You're right. But anyways, uh, we the audio is good <laughs> enough, and uh, and yeah, it basically we just said, you know, mommy has a baby in her belly, and you're going to have a little brother or sister because we didn't know uh, what the gender was going to be until she popped out. Uh, and he kind of understood, um, he didn't entirely understand, but we talked about it often. Uh, and this was particularly easier for him to understand once Aaron actually started getting big because, you know, we told him, I don't remember exactly when it was, but we told him when it was early enough that you could sort of maybe tell that Aaron had something going on, but it wasn't, you know, abundantly obvious. And the other thing we did was, um, I don't remember if it was his request or Aaron's idea. It certainly was not my idea, but I think it was Aaron's idea that we got him a baby doll, you know, with like a bottle and I don't know, a pacifier mm. and some other mm. stuff. And, and, you know, we were able to show him, you know, oh, this is, you know, this is what a baby does. And this is what the diaper. Cause at this point he was potty trained, you know, this is a diaper and so on and so forth. And, and that was very helpful. And he was very enthusiastic about his baby. In fact, he still has the baby doll and still carries it around from time to time. Um, and then finally there was a really great program put on, I think it was by the local hospital that was basically like a, you know, first time sibling thing where they just kind of talk about, you know, it's, it was free and it was like an hour or two and they talk, you know, the ideas we took Declan and we talk about, oh, you're going to be a big brother or sister and here's the sorts of things you need to do. And they kind of go through how, you know, mommy and daddy are going to be gone in the hospital for a couple of days, but you'll be able to see the baby. And, you know, they, they have you change like a, they take a little infant diaper, which you forget how tiny those are, but they're little teeny, teeny infant diaper. And they, you have, they have you like change a teddy bear. Or maybe it was a baby doll or something like that. And they have the kid, you know, and Declan changed the diaper, which he never has done to this day, but, you know, just to get them involved in, the, in understanding the process. And, and it, that was very good too. And so all of those things helped in, for the most part, he understood. Uh, we were lucky that Michaela was a girl because he said for the longest time that he wanted a baby sister. Uh, and then, of course, we mm-hmm. were also watching video of him meeting Michaela in the hospital yesterday. And he was upset that she was a girl because, of course, he was because he was, you know, two and a half, three and a half years old. Whatever it would it was. have been. That was no win. That yeah, was no oh, win. Yeah. No, absolutely not. Whatever we had, he would have wanted the opposite. And as it turns out, like I said, he wanted a girl the whole time. But uh but then when she popped out, suddenly he wasn't, he didn't want a sister anymore. So it is what it is. But anyway, I just, you know, that, I don't know if that helps or not, but that's what we did. And he seemed to adjust as well as one can expect. Christian asks, uh, what are some of your favorite albums that have come out in the past year? Now, Mike, before you answer this question, I will, I will confess up front that I have reached a little bit past 365 days. I almost said four. Uh, 365 I think I may days. have gone a touch over too. Okay. But these have been in the last year, year and a half for me. But why don't you get us started, please? Uh, Maggie Rogers, Heard in a Past Life, is quite frankly one of the best overall albums that I've heard in a long time. Maggie Rogers is an absolute power, musical powerhouse. She is unbelievable. Like, so happy to have found that, that album. Like, it is just ab- lyrically and musically superb, right? Like, if you have not heard this album, 
you need to change that. Like it is just unbelievable. I'm trying to like, I'm bringing up the track list now because I want to just call out a couple of songs. I'm not going to do this for all of the albums, but I will do it for the specific one. Uh, the Knife is probably my favorite song of the last 365 days, which is the third song in the album. And then stuff like uh, track 12, Back in My Body, is unbelievable. Uh, I, I could go actually go through this entire album and tell you how good it is. <laughs> but I, my recommendation, if you want to try it, listen to The Knife. That is my favorite song. It is incredible. Uh, Falling Water is beautiful. She is just so, so good. Um, so yeah, I recommend that big time. Um, Vampire Weekend's album, Father of the Bride. I think that this is a return to form for them. I think they they did a bunch of stuff. So there's a band called that I love called Heim. They uh, one there's like a, a three sister band. I believe they're sisters. They're, they are definitely all related. And they Vampire Weekend brought in Danielle Heim uh, to the album. And there's a bunch of male female duets on this album. And I'm a big fan of duets in general. Um, so they sound they're really they just sound fantastic. So that, that album is brilliant. Uh, the 1975, A Brief Inquiry into Online Relationships. That's a good title. Great. <laughs> if you are my age, so if you're in your 30s, listen to this album because there is a lot of stuff. Uh, one of my favorite lines, because like, he's talking about kind of like getting older, uh, this song's called Give Yourself a Try. And he's talking about kind of being around this age. And one of the lines is kind of along the, it like, kind of goes like, and uh, paying obscene amounts on effing be beans and seeds online. <laughs> right? It's like when you're this age, it's like you're spending stupid amounts of money on like beans now. Like that's what you do. It's a very good album. Uh, band called Jungle, their album Forever is just like party powerhouse, like chill party powerhouse. Like, oh yeah, that's a great album. That That is a fantastic band. Um, I saw Jungle for the first time at Pitchfork in Paris many years ago. Never heard a single song of theirs and I was couldn't stop myself dancing for an hour. And like, <laughs> that, they did a, their first album self-titled called Jungle. It's fantastic. And then their most recent album which came out towards the end of last year, uh, Forever. And Taicho's new album Weather. I love Taicho. I think that's how you say it. Oh, it's not Taicho? I don't know. It's either Tycho. It's probably let's go with Tycho. Uh, I came to love Tycho's music this year when looking for like working music because uh, he had previously done all basically um, instrumental stuff. But this new album, Weather, has that, but also has uh, some featured artists uh, who sing, um, which is has been a departure. And there's been a lot of people that have been very unhappy about this, but. I'm not a purist in this, so I love it because Pink and Blue and Japan, uh, they both feature Saint Sinner. Saint Sinner is the person who's on uh, six of the eight tracks. So there's some lyrics on like basically the entire album. Uh, those two songs are beautiful. So they are my music recommendations. I'm just going to say that I'm way cooler than Casey. Uh, you know, that's, yes, first of all, I agree. But second of all, uh, I actually would like to echo uh, the the last recommendation there, Tycho or Tycho or however you pronounce it. Uh, I have only listened to a couple of the tracks from that album, but the way I listened or the way I discover music is I listen to the two weekly Spotify playlists, Discover Weekly, which comes out on Mondays and uh, Release Radar that comes out on Fridays. And as I find songs that I like, I will go to that album and add it to another playlist that I call To Listen. 
That makes you pretty cool that you listen to music like young people do these days. Yeah. I don't. I mostly see? get music recommended to me from friends. Yeah, uh, see, I'm, I guess my friend network isn't as strong as yours. I don't know. But anyway, or maybe my music taste is just so bad. But John way. Voorhees and Federico are fantastic people to have in your life for music recommendations. Oh, noted. I will have to uh, start paying attention to what they're saying or, or soliciting feedback. But anyway, uh, Ty- Tycho Taicho uh, was one of the things that arrived on my two-listen playlist actually literally two hours ago. Um, so I, I need to to uh, take a listen to that album. Uh, again, going a little bit beyond exactly a year, uh, Hybrid, uh, which actually strikes me as very similar, uh, their Light of the Fearless is very, very good. Uh, that was a little over a year ago. Uh, Dave Matthews Band, of course, I know Dave. Uh, uh, Dave Matthews Band, Come Dumba. Tomorrow. Uh, th- that is a very good album. That's a studio album. Uh, I don't tend to like Dave Matthews studio albums. Uh, they don't tend to be their I mean, best who work. does them, all right? Yeah, yeah fair enough. But it's all about the jam, man. It's all about the jams, because they are a jam band. But anyways, uh, <laughs> Come Tomorrow is a very good studio album, which is very rare for them. Fun. I'm sorry. Um, and then Live Tracks 47. So Live Tracks is their uh, their a formally released concert series. Unlike Fish, one thing that Fish does do right is that you can buy basically any concert that they've ever done. Um, with Dave, that is not the case. You can you can record, like with a microphone on a stand, any concert that you go to, and you can try to download or trade them, you know, recordings or whatever, but they don't well, have... Pe- wait. People are allowed to record them, mm-hmm. but they don't sell them. That's right. Because the idea That's is... That's crazy. Well... That's really weird. It... But it's weird though, right? Like, especially because fish do it so well. Well, this is the thing is that in the nineties in the mid nineties, when Dave was coming up, it was, it made a lot of sense, right? Because you would have people bring in like a, a a tower with a couple of microphones, not unlike what we're, we're using today and record onto like DAT tapes. And you could get decent audio quality from that, but it wouldn't be good enough that you could like sell bootlegs, right? And at the time, that would have been a very, very financially fruitful thing to do is to go recording Dave Matthews shows and selling really incredible you know, copies of them. And, and, and I think very early on, they might have allowed soundboard recordings, but like, so you could take your equipment and hook it into their soundboard. They would literally let you do that, but that stopped very quickly. Mm. Well, anyways... In today's world, it makes no sense. It, they should absolutely be doing what Fish does, full stop. But it's born from literally 20 years ago when I think it did make more sense. Well, anyways, all of that to say, Live Tracks number 47, by coincidence, is the very first Dave Matthews concert I ever went to as a 16-year-old. That was I was in the audience. One of the screaming hooligans you hear is me. Wait, so how is this this year? Because they just released it this year, despite it having been from 20-some years ago. What? That's wild. Yeah, which I think, I mean, again, I and think... And their production is... processes are quite, <laughs> quite slow over there at Dave Matthews Band. I think, I think I might be distracted a little bit yeah, over right. there. Uh, I, that's fair. Again, I can't stress enough that I think Fish does this the right way. But, uh, you know, I, I'm not as big a fan of Fish's music, and I am more of a fan of Dave Matthews' music, judge as you will. Uh, so Live Tracks 47. Uh, 30 Seconds to Mars, uh, that's uh, like a year and a half ago. Uh, yeah. their, their America album I quite like um, again I'm not much into lyrics we've talked about this in the past so I, lyrically I can't speak for it one way or the other but I thought the music was very good the album artwork is uh, uh, it's something else and each each, thing. each streaming service seems to have gotten a different set of artwork so I forget there are 10 on. covers for the album there you go okay so yeah some of the artwork is a little risque it's just text but it's yeah. risque um, the one on Wikipedia is some else fruity yeah mm. <laughs> Uh, but it is a very good album. Uh, and actually, the the video for Walk on Water, I can't believe I'm recommending a music video in the year 2019, but the video for Walk on Water, 
probably will not impress anyone but Americans. But the idea was, from what I understand, they solicited and also went out and filmed uh, recordings from people over the course of one Fourth of July. And it's an interesting cross section of America that they put together. Uh, and that's the video for Walk on Water, which is one of the singles from uh, 30 Seconds to Mars's America. Uh, and then finally, uh, the artist Banks, uh, she has had a couple of really, really good albums, which are not... Feels like you got cool here. Oh, see, there you go. I'm, I'm bringing it back around. Never heard of this individual. Oh, very, very good. Uh, it's not my typical t- style of music. I'm not even sure how you would classify her music. Not to say it's bad or like outlandish. Uh, Wikipedia classifies it as goth pop, which that's what intrigued me. Oh, yeah. Okay. So that is very much... I don't even much, know what that means. Very much not my style of music, but... Um, but if if you like Tycho, Tycho, whatever we're calling them, I th- this is not too far. Can you give cry. me a song? Uh, off the top of my head, from the album? Uh, no, because oh, I've only heard on. it through once, and I haven't like really oh. digested yet. Oh, um, look at you! You're trying to look cool, aren't you? Uh, slightly. Uh, let me see if I can find one from one of her past albums so that I know I like. Oh, why uh, is iTunes so bad? I'm an Apple Music customer. Why did you take me to the iTunes store? <laughs> why did you do that? You stupid thing. Uh, waiting game, which is off her first All album, right. I believe, uh, which is called Goddess. Uh, that one, if I recall correctly, it's either Waiting Game or This Is What It Feels Like or both uh, are very good. Again, that's a couple albums how, ago, but uh, you should you check out. I think you Apple might, music. you are most likely to enjoy Banks or uh, Hybrid of the list that I've given you, but all of them I think are worth at least checking out. No, I'm going to try this Banks album. What song did you say I should listen to? So on Goddess, which is a couple albums ago, uh, Waiting Game, why are you ten- because those oh, are the ones I remember. Uh, the na- so the the track is waiting game or this is what it feels like. Uh, either of those are very good. All right, so I have to go to a 2014. That's album. correct. Because you're not cool enough. I'm not quite cool enough. I'm still too old to be cool. <laughs>